We've all heard the term midlife crisis before. Some define it as a transition of identity and self-confidence that can happen during middle age, or a conflict between how a person perceives themselves and their lives as they think it is versus what they want it to be. Now more than ever, given recent times, we are questioning our lives. We're questioning our identity. We're asking what really matters and am I spending time on the things that I really value? And so more of us are having a crisis of confidence, a crisis of identity, and wondering, who am I really? And what am I here for? In this episode, we explore how to navigate a midlife crisis. And for you, that might be a quarter life crisis or maybe a later life crisis, but really exploring this as a means to grow and come home to the real you. Welcome to Your Soul Aligned Career, the podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Barnes. Together, we'll be exploring how you can pursue a career and life that's meaningful and impactful, both to you and to others, and that doesn't require you to hustle and grind 24-7. I'm passionate about you getting clarity on your unique career path and to make empowered decisions on where to and what's next from a place of alignment to who you really are, beyond your corporate persona, title, or societal expectations of what you should do. Join me as we talk about all things career, intuition, soul work, feminine embodiment, womanhood, and leadership. Hit subscribe now to never miss an episode. And if you wanna get clear on your unique gifts and soul leadership, take my free soul archetype quiz over at SiobhanBarnes.com forward slash quiz. Midlife crisis. What comes to mind when you think of that phrase midlife crisis? For me, I visualize a white male in his late 40s, early 50s. He's a working man and he's just gone and bought himself a Ferrari or a Porsche and maybe even got his ears pierced and left his family and children to run off with a younger woman. I have no idea where that visual comes from, but that's what I think about when I think of midlife crisis. I'm curious what comes up for you. And I genuinely am curious if you want to come and find me over on Instagram. My handle is I am Siobhan Barnes. Come and let me know because I'm really genuinely curious. But the undertone of a midlife crisis is somewhat negative. Like someone has gone off the rails, something has gone horribly wrong and that someone needs deep help and support. I actually think that there are many times in our life when we are called to question and to ask ourselves if the choices that we've made in our life and our career are actually the ones that are supporting us towards a life and a career that we want to live. I actually believe a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis is a really good thing. And I think that now more than ever, especially given recent times and the world that we're living in, many of us are questioning our lives. We're questioning what matters and we're questioning our choices. 
Personally, I feel like I've had a couple of midlife crisis moments or quarter life crisis moments, I'd like to think. And they have now, with the benefit of hindsight, turned out to be something very beneficial, something really positive that allowed me to get back on track. Though I have to say at the time, it was so daunting and it felt like I was in the thick of winter in a snowstorm where I couldn't see five inches in front of my face. So today we're going to be exploring how to navigate a midlife crisis so that you can make sure that whatever is going on in your life is a fuel for positive change, that it's a wake up call to remember who you are and what you're here for. So cutting straight to the chase, what is at the heart of a midlife crisis? Well, really, it comes down to your identity, your identity of who you think you are. Some people define a midlife crisis as a transition of identity and self-confidence. Others describe it as a change in a person's perception of themselves and the lives that they're living. And I think at the heart of that, what this all comes down to is identity and the question of who am I? And deeper than that, why am I here? And even deeper than that, what's the choice I'm being called to make in my life at this moment? When you're going through a midlife crisis, this can happen in one of two ways. It can be either an internal awakening within you where you're questioning everything. And I've found personally that this tends to be when things are good enough and you're kind of riding in the status quo and you're questioning, really, is this all there is to life? Surely there's more to life than this. And so it can be more of an internal reflection. And I think this is what we're seeing at the moment with the times that we're living in. Equally, it can also be more externally driven where something happens in your world that forces you to reflect and to question who you are. Some examples of this include losing a job, being made redundant, having to move countries, a breakup, losing a loved one transitioning into motherhood and transitioning between maiden to mother. That's a really big transition that I don't think we talk about often enough. When these external situations occur in our life, that's when we wake up from the slumber of the status quo and question, well, what am I called to decide here? And actually what lies beneath this? What matters to me the most? If you feel like you're going through a midlife crisis I want to preface this time by saying there's no judgment here. This is perfectly normal. This is perfectly human. And I think many of us don't talk about this openly enough. And I get it. It's not like you're going to openly spill your heart out to anybody who will listen. What we often do is we suffer in silence. My intention with today's episode is to support you so that you don't have to suffer in silence and that you can have some guideposts and some anchors to support you in navigating your midlife crisis. Deep down, we all know that we only have so much time on this planet. We only often really reflect on life when someone near and dear to us has passed. And in those moments of quiet, grieving, and solitude, we say to ourselves, gosh, I'm so grateful for my life. I've got to make the most of it. And then we get stuck in the day-to-day grind of life and work and parenting, etc. that we often forget the gift that is life. So to put your midlife crisis into perspective, I want to share with you a reference that might help to support you in the bigger picture here, because oftentimes we can't see the bigger picture when we're just in it. And this is totally normal. 
Ronnie Ware is the author of a book, The Five Regrets of the Dying. She was a palliative care nurse who, originally from Australia, spent the last three to 12 weeks of patients' lives with them, caring for them, listening to them, hearing their stories, and really being that person by their bed to listen and to just hold their hand through it. And she wrote this book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, to really share what she had heard from countless patients as they transitioned. And the first most common regret of the dying was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. This was the most common regret of all. And I'm going to quote her here. And this is quoted from her website. And the link to this will be in the show notes if you want to check it out later. She writes, when people realize that their life is almost over and they look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Most people had not honored even half of their dreams and had to die knowing that it was due to choices they had made or not made. It is very important to try and honor at least some of your dreams along the way. From the moment you lose your health, it is too late. Health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. I invite you to think about your midlife crisis at the moment. Whatever situation is going on for you, whether there is an external challenge going on where you're being confronted with something, whether it's just simply an internal knowing and a voice that's saying to you, come on, this is not it. I invite you to listen. And as I say that quote from Bronnyware, what sparks within you? Are there any unfulfilled dreams within you that you want to actually realize, that you actually want to pursue? So often we feel like we have to quit our jobs to start something else. For some people, this is the path. For others, it's not. Your dreams don't have to be all or nothing. You can build them on the side. I actually like to think of these dreams as plants, like the little seed. You plant it into the soil. It takes time to nurture and grow with water and the sun. And it takes time to blossom and develop. Is there a dream within you that you want to realize, that you want to grow and that you want to tend to? How can you take Bronnie's advice here and actually make sure that you honor your dreams whilst you do still have your health? As I mentioned earlier, I have had two midlife crisis moments in my own life. And I want to share with you three anchors, three questions that I have learned from that period as a means to support you through your midlife crisis. The first of which is this anchor. Achieving goals that don't align to who you really are at your core isn't true success. Take whatever situation you are working through at the moment, whether that be losing a loved one, a relationship ending, a job transition, going from maiden to mother. Are you trying to achieve a goal that isn't really aligned to who you are at your core? Are you trying to fit a square peg into a round hole? My whole life, up until my late 20s, I had pursued goals that I thought would make me happy. The degree from a famous London university, a promising career at Fortune 500 company and a prestigious investment bank. But the truth was these goals were society's goals of success, not mine. Whilst my ego was feeling really good about what I'd created, 
the real me, the Shiv who had to show up to work every day, just struggling in a soul-destroying job. With every milestone I achieved, I felt a fleeting sense of pride, only to feel hurried back on the hamster wheel of, well, what's next? The truth of what I really felt caught up with me one day when I was on a business trip to India and I had a really challenging conference call. I won't go into all of the details, but suffice it to say that was my breaking point and that moment when I just broke down and let myself finally admit I was not coping and I was not happy and that somewhere, somehow, I had lost track of what really mattered, that I had prioritized money over meaning from the get-go. I talk more about the money and meaning question, can you have both in your career in episode five? And so if I'm talking and you're like, that's me, go and check out that episode after this one. How do you work with this anchor? Achieving goals that don't align to who you really are at your core isn't true success. Well, I want you to ponder this question. What really matters to you? Is it climbing the ladder? Is it to become CEO? Is it to do something meaningful and use your influence and impact within the organization to bring attention to the challenges and issues that you think you can support? Is it to actually scale back from work and honor the season of being a mom? Nobody can answer this question for you and nobody can define what matters more for you than you can. Giving yourself full permission to claim what matters to you and to stand unapologetically in that will see you through this midlife crisis. It's going to be your North Star, your compass to make sure that any choice that you are making as you navigate this transition is truly aligned to what matters to you. And more than anything, that is what I want from you. The second anchor for navigating a midlife crisis is to know that the best way to answer the big question you're asking, whether that's what am I doing with my life or what should I do about insert your situation? The best way to answer that is to let go of the shoulds and to begin to listen to your heart and your intuition. I know I said it, your heart and your intuition. And I mean it. Some people think this is fluffy. Some people think this is woo-woo. But Albert Einstein said this, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Put another way, we live in a world that focuses so much on rationality and logic, which should be the servant to the gift, which is the intuitive mind, your heart. So flipping this on its head, how can you actually begin to listen to your intuition, hear where it's guiding you to listen to that voice, even though it might scare the heck out of you, and then get your smart, rational, logical mind on board to figure out an action plan and a strategy to take action on that intuition. I know that the women and the clients that I work with are smart. They're capable women. I work with high achievers who know how to get stuff done. They've achieved a lot of success. That piece of it is not a problem. The challenge is recalibrating to this intuitive mind, this intuition to remember that this is what you want to lead. You know, throughout my own career, I always felt a sense of restlessness. 
I'm always a curious person and I continue to be and I love to learn. But when I was first starting out in my career, that busyness of learning a new industry and a business was really exciting for a while. Yet deep down somewhere, somehow, I knew that I wasn't doing work that felt really inspiring and that felt meaningful. I knew better and that voice would talk to me. For me, it would be very loud on a Sunday night before going to bed and it would say to me, Shiv, do you want to do all of this all over again for another week? Do you want to do this for another year? For another 10 years? And in my heart and in my soul, I knew that I didn't want to do that. Not because I was lazy or didn't feel like I had the work ethic to pursue that path, but because I was doing it from a place of should. Learning to listen to your heart and intuition is actually a skill that we all have. And it's a necessary skill when you begin to embark on a path that isn't the traditional path to success. And even if you do stay in corporate and that is your path, you still need it to create some much needed change within the corporate world. If you're going to lead from the heart or you're going to go and pursue something that's perhaps unconventional, it's going to be up to you to figure out your own path. And that can be scary, especially when you don't know what that path looks like. It's a bit like that scene in Indiana Jones when he's crossing the chasm and he has to walk across without seeing the steps are not there. And he takes that walk and then the step appears. I'm not saying quit your job and the net will appear. Just for clarity, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you have to walk with conviction, knowing that you're taking action on the unknown. There isn't a cookie cutter formula that works for everyone. And we all have different skills, desires, fears, doubts, and lessons to learn. So it's going to look different for each and every one of us. And knowing how to trust your intuition and your own internal guidance system, your chief soul officer, whatever you like to call her or call them, that's a skill and a practice of you know, like any relationship, carving out time for that. When I had my second (laughs) career crisis, when I transitioned into coaching and I was doing the work that I really enjoyed, I created more of the same for myself because I brought that same working hard energy from my corporate career into my business. And so I ended up feeling kind of burnt out. And also I found that the women that I was serving were achieving their goals, but then invariably a few months later, they would come back to me and say, Hey Shiv, I achieved that thing, but I still feel unhappy or I still feel like I'm not in the right place. And so this lesson that I'm sharing with you and this anchor that I'm sharing with you is very much rooted in not just my own experience with my journey, but also in the experience of my clients. So how do you work with this anchor in your own midlife crisis? Well, the first question to ask is, how in tune are you with your heart and your intuition? You might think, actually, I'm really good at this. I listen to my heart. I listen to my gut. I'm good. Or you might feel like I'm totally disconnected. I don't even know if I am intuitive. Is that possible for me? It is possible for you. And like I said, it's just a relationship that we need to build and cultivate. So just noticing where you sit on the scale, again, no judgment, just ah, curiosity. That's your starting point. The second question you can ask here is if you really slow down and listen, What is your heart and your intuition trying to tell you? And you may have a sense, you may not have a sense, that's okay. Whether you have an answer or not, that's okay. The practice is in checking in, tuning in and asking, and you will begin to hear your answers. This leads me on to anchor number three. And this is actually the reason why so many of us don't stop to listen to our intuition and our heart. 
And that is honoring your body and giving yourself full permission to feel whatever is alive in your body is the best way to navigate your midlife crisis. Many of us numb out how we're really feeling. We avoid, we deny, we don't want to go there because it is deeply uncomfortable and is deeply hard to meet. When I left the corporate world and my intuition and my heart was saying, you're in the wrong place. This is not where you're meant to be. I had no clue what to do with that. So my heart was telling me, you're in the wrong place. This is not what you're meant to do. Meeting that in my body brought up many emotions. I felt guilty. I felt shame for not wanting what I had spent so long building and worked hard for and had also had the great privilege to be able to step into. I felt so much guilt and shame for feeling like I was the one that was going to turn down an incredible career trajectory at what I should have wanted. And I guilted myself. I shamed myself for not being able to suck it up, grin and bear it, and keep on going. And so what did I do? I avoided feeling that feeling. I overrode that sensation with overwork. I was basically digging myself a hole. I tried to keep working, hoping that more work, being more devoted would be the answer and I would be able to work my problem away. That didn't happen. Deep down, I was numbing. My overworking was a way of numbing the emotions that I felt. It's not that bad, I'd say. I can suck it up. Everybody else can do it. What's wrong with me? As Brene Brown says, We cannot selectively numb emotions. When we numb the painful emotions, we also numb the positive emotions. What does that mean? If you are navigating a midlife crisis and you are avoiding feeling because you don't want to meet the discomfort, you don't want to meet the pain of that, that means you're equally not going to be able to allow yourself to feel joy and feel happy when those moments are present and alive for you. And that is no way to live. And that's actually the third regret of the dying. Going back to Bronnie Ware's book, she shared that the third regret was that these people in transition would share, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. If you're going to express your feelings, then you have to learn how to feel them. You think that this is a pretty basic human ability and a basic human skill to be able to do, but boy, have we been conditioned not to feel. And I talk more about this in episode two, where I explore the number one killer of doing work that you love. And I break down the perfect woman imperative in greater depth. But one of the pillars of this perfect woman imperative is disembodiment living from the neck up. It kind of goes to that point about how we've honored the rational mind instead of the intuitive mind. So what do we do? We don't feel, we ignore, and we keep on going. I want us to be able to meet the dark, the light, the pain, the pleasure. We actually need to meet this, not just for ourselves to navigate difficult decisions, difficult choice points, We also need to learn to feel, to really begin to get into action around some of the bigger challenges that we have going on in the world. (laughs) Climate change, education, diversity, equity, inclusion, 
what's happening in different countries. Like there is so much and it can feel overwhelming and too much. Sometimes I'm going to put my hand up and say that sometimes I feel too much yet we need to know how to feel our dark and to feel our light and to let it fuel us to make decisions for ourselves and advocate for different changes as well on a bigger scale. So this skill and this practice is not just a powerful anchor for us as individuals. It's a skill that we need to be a human citizen in the world and bring back that human into humanity. So a question for you to ponder here, a way that you can bring that back home is when you listen to your intuition and your heart, what does that make you feel? And when you feel that, can you sit with it? Can you stay with it? Now, an important caveat here, coming into contact with our emotions and how we feel can sometimes be very triggering and very challenging. And so if you need support on this with a therapist, a coach, or someone to guide you on it, I highly recommend that you get support around this. This is a very important anchor to support you in navigating your midlife crisis and learning how to feel is cultivating a relationship between you and your body. It's cliche, but they say the most important relationship that you have is that one to yourself. So often we focus on understanding ourselves and what our soul gifts and talents are, which obviously by now, you know, I'm a huge proponent of, but equally you've got to tune in and listen to your body. I created the soul archetypes as a starting point for you to know what your gifts and talents are. But the real work is you embodying that and tuning into what resonates, what doesn't, and bringing that sense of discernment to know what is true for you. So there you have three anchors to support you navigating this midlife crisis. And what I want to say is this, we're all here to walk different individual paths. Your path is going to look different to mine, and it's going to look different to the person to the left and to the right of you. Some of us are meant to stay in corporate and lead with heart and compassion. Some of us are meant to start soul-aligned businesses or work in soul-aligned businesses. Some of us are meant to stay at home and be with our kids and devote ourselves to raising children. Some of us are artists, scholars, teachers, and activists. Some of us are something else completely. I can't name them all, but I want to include them all. So if you are meant to be whatever it is that you define for yourself, I want you to claim that. The vehicle and what you choose isn't what matters. What matters is coming back to what has meaning for you and making a choice that is in alignment with the real you. Going back to that identity piece. So where do you go from here? Well, as you navigate this midlife crisis, I want you to ponder those questions. It all starts with knowing you and working with, not against yourself. When you're clear on who you are at your core and what really matters and what choices you are being called to make that will allow you to sleep well at night, that's when you can confidently say, look, I'm going to make this choice. I don't know where it's going to take me, but it feels right and true for me in this moment. And what you do as you pursue this and you practice this skill is you build a inner knowing within yourself. You get the feedback. You start to see that, ah, oh, I can make good decisions and it sets you up as you go along. And that is absolutely what I want for you. I want you to be a sovereign woman who makes fantastic, phenomenal choices as best she can. Caveat, full permission to make the wrong ones. You're fully human. So we're not ever going to be perfect. 
but to really feel convicted that you've got your own back here. If your midlife crisis at the moment is around the realm of career, I want to let you know that I'm running an upcoming workshop really soon called Your Path to a Soul-Aligned Career Without Quitting Your 9 to 5 or Risking Your Financial Security. So if you'd like to dive into this in greater depth, please come and join me and you can register by checking out the link in the show notes over at SiobhanBarnes.com forward slash six. And even if you can't join live, go and register your seat because you'll then be able to get access to the workshop recording. So make sure you sign up. All right, that's a wrap. Today, we explored how to navigate a midlife crisis. We explored what's at the heart of a midlife crisis. That's your identity. We explored three powerful anchors to support you as you navigate your midlife crisis. That being number one, achieving goals that don't align to who you really are at your core isn't true success. Number two, the best way to answer the big question of what am I doing with my life is to let go of the shoulds and to begin to listen to your heart and your intuition. And anchor number three, it's to begin to learn how to feel and meet all the emotions within your body. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to catch the show notes for this episode, you can come on over and check them out over at SiobhanBarnes.com forward slash six. The workshop is coming up super soon. So if this calls to you, make sure you check out the workshop registration page in the show notes after we wrap. Until next time, please remember, you are here for a reason beyond merely hustling, grinding, and merely surviving. You matter. Thank you so much for listening in to Your Soul Aligned Career, the podcast. You can download more episodes and subscribe over on iTunes. And if you've loved listening in, please come on over and leave a review. Before you go, I want you to remember this. You are here for a reason. There is no one in the world like you who can do what you do the way you do it. You have a unique soul and a unique soul archetype that you're here to express in the world. If you want to find out what yours is so that you can build on your strengths, be more of who you really are, and do more of what you're here to do, come and take the free assessment over at SiobhanBarnes.com forward slash quiz.